0: Day Eve, the birthday itself, and then of course Birthday Boxing Day. I always thought was a a sensible thing to try and celebrate as well. And you know, sometimes the Church gets things right. Not often, but in this case, I'm with it. (laughs) Um, For for the rest of the world out there, Easter, if you ask them, it's a day. Maybe it's a, a weekend, but today guess what? It's the fourth of seven Sundays of Easter. That's right, isn't it? It's the resurrection season. It's not something that's over and done with just in a day and it's gone. It's something we go on celebrating. And so tonight, this Easter season, we've got another one of Jesus's resurrection appearances for us tonight. And it's a tale of breakfast and a fish um, we've taken this literally in St. Maya. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And every, every month in the, in the Welsh church in St. Maya, we have breakfast together. And we started that again after COVID this morning. It was lovely to start the day with bacon. Uh, and it's been really good for me to be, because then I was here for lunch. And then we've had a student tea at the vicarage. So it's been a really good day. But it started here with breakfast. Come and have breakfast here. And so this is a tale of breakfast and a tale of fish too. I wonder if anybody here likes fishing, Uh, especially for you, especially for tonight. I've hidden it in my talk, the names of different fish, just to keep you awake, to keep you concentrating. I wonder if you can spot them, because guess what? I've hidden them all over the place. (laughs) Fish, fish, of course, it's one of the... It's fascinating that this all about fish. It's one of the ancient symbols for Christianity. Uh, we talk of the ichthus fish. Uh, it used to be popular many years ago on cars and badges that Christians would wear. Ichthus the Greek word meaning fish and in Greek the five letters of ichthus are uh, the first letters of the words in Greek Jesus Christ son of God savior. And that was a special symbol used by Christians in the 1st and 2nd centuries and was a secret way of identifying other Christians without having to say anything it was useful persecution of Christians was underway at the time you couldn't publicly declare you were Christian at all times so to start stop you getting captured stop you being persecuted Christians would often draw an ixus fish in the dirt or the mud or the sand or on walls of caves and if you weren't a Christian you weren't sure what it meant but if you were a Christian you would know that this person had faith and it was safe to talk about your faith without being arrested. It was better to be safe than sorry in those days. And you could say by using that fish symbol, they were herring on the side of caution. But what about, what about this passage tonight? What are we going to learn from these disciples out on the lake doing their fishing? There's some important messages for us here today, individually and as a church here at St. Michael's. So before we go any further, let's just pray about this passage. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this story this evening, this another tale of Jesus after the resurrection. We thank you for all the things that we can learn from what Jesus said and did here with the disciples. And we pray that through your Holy Spirit, you will speak to us and we will see new truths this evening. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our risen Saviour. Amen. So three points, three things for you to, to remember this evening. Firstly, we start with the obvious thing. Without Jesus, we will flounder. Without Jesus, we will flounder. How did, how did this story begin? Well, the disciples had gone out fishing. They had caught nothing. Uh, some say maybe that was a mistake got to be awake for all of these, they'd, they'd caught nothing. They'd worked all night and got nothing. What if you've ever tried really hard at something and actually got nothing in return. Again, as a child, I was convinced after reading lots of children's books that there was buried treasure everywhere. And I remember me and my sister going to my grandparents' house and convinced there was some buried treasure in the garden. And we spent days, it seemed probably weeks, of the summer holidays digging over my grandparents' garden looking for buried treasure. There was nothing there. We found a few old bits of broken flower pots and a bit of crockery, but nothing worth it. It was completely pointless. Here, they'd gone out fishing. It was now the morning and their nets were empty. They'd caught nothing. And the Bible reminds us time and time again that life without God is not how it's meant to be. Life lived without God will be a life of empty nets, fruitless sailing backwards and forwards, frustrating work with no reward. God wants to be involved in our lives. He wants to come alongside us, wants us to acknowledge him as our Lord Words of Jesus from the book of Revelation. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Invitation. That invitation there, that's for us today. In all that we do, God wants to be part of our lives. He's waiting to be invited. And it makes such a difference. Without Jesus, we will flounder. Are we missing out? Missing out on knowing God for ourselves today. This as I said is one of those many resurrection stories. It reminds us that Jesus is alive. That means we can meet with him today. Some people think of faith in Jesus as being a bit of an add on, a bit of an extra which makes life a little bit better. Uh, Last night I had fish and chips from our a uh, favourite chip shop out in Pemparky, which is a great place to have fish and chips. Other chip shops are available. Um, but that's good. And I had them, and I, when they walked back, I said, have they got salt and vinegar on? Yes, said Joanne, who bought them for me. They got salt and vinegar. And some people think of faith as that bit of salt and vinegar. You add it to your life, and it makes things just a little bit better. But it's not like that, is it? Life without God. It's not like life without salt and vinegar. It's like life without the chips, without the food, without the sustenance. It's going to end... In death, that's the difference. Without Jesus, we will flounder. Second point this evening, recognising Jesus is the start of net gains. Because when we see Jesus arrived on the scene, things started looking up in the fishing department here. With his guidance, there's a bumper catch of fish. Things change about immediately that Jesus gets involved. I came across these words. One of the commentators on this passage summarised this as, uh, as just the sort of thing that would appeal to me. He wrote, Jesus the carpenter has become Jesus the carp hunter. And I like that. That's really good, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus the carpenter has become Jesus the carp hunter. He knew where the fish were. Jesus shows up. Immediately, he knows what to do. And he gives <coughs> some advice. And it's always good to listen to those people who know. Always good to get the good advice. And for these disciples, it made all of the difference. There's a lovely story told of a ship's captain. A captain looks into the dark night, sees faint lights in the distance uh, on a collision course. He tells the signal to send a message, alter your course 10 degrees south. The message comes back, alter your course 10 degrees north. The captain gets angry. He sends a Another message. Alter your course, 10 degrees south. I am the captain. Another message received. Alter your course, 10 degrees north. I'm a seaman, third class. The captain now gets very cross, sends a third message, knowing the fear that this would evoke. Alter your course now, 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. The reply comes back. Alter your course, 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. <laughs> We we may hear lots of voices shouting at us through the fog. We need the clear and solid voice of that lighthouse in our lives. Jesus, the light of the world, the light, not just a light. There is only one Son of God. And here for the disciples, early that morning Jesus knew where the fish were. For us today, Jesus has the answers. If you feel like you've been working hard, but your nets are empty, why not ask the one who knows everything to reveal himself to you? God is the one who provides the resources we need. There were, it says here, 153 fish, but the net was not broken. It was strong enough to bring them all safely to shore. God provides all that we need. I did a fair bit of research, researching for the talk this evening and uh, being a mathematician. There aren't that many numbers that appear in the Bible and this is a really interesting number, isn't it? 153. And this is a fascinating number. uh, If you're a mathematician... You'll know already about how exciting this number is. Uh, when I was a teacher, I would do a whole hour-long lesson on this, on this number. So you'll be glad to know that I'm not doing that with you this evening. But it's a special number. Do you know, 153 mentioned here, it's the smallest three-digit number which can be expressed as a sum of the cubes of its digits. So that's one cubed and five cubed and three cubed. Add up, makes 153. It's the sum of the first five positive factorials. It's a triangular number, a truncated triangular number, a hexagonal number. You could go on. It's a fascinating number. Uh, And then even if you forget the maths, you could think about the Bible. There are lots of biblical references. Um, The name Yahweh or Jehovah in Genesis appears 153 times. Uh, There are 10 commandments, seven gifts of the Spirit, that's 17. If you add up the first 17 numbers... It comes to 153. It's amazing. I could go on and on about this number, but I'm not going to. Um, because really, 153, what's it mean? It just meant there were loads of fish. <laughs> there, <laughs> there, were, there were lots and lots of fish. That's why. They counted them all. They were so excited to have so many fish. They probably hadn't had it. was probably going to be a record for them in one night's fishing. And so they sat there and they counted them all out and worked like how many fish. Because you just you and me would just say, there oh, there's loads of fish there, on not there? Um, it's about 100 and something fish no, they they were so excited, they counted them all. Just say, there were that many. They were that shocked. There was an awful lot of fish. It's a bumper harvest. A sign of God's blessing, his provision. Really, it's a demonstration. This is what they're talking about here in the Bible. A demonstration of the difference of doing something in our strength and doing something with God's guiding. And that challenged me. And it's a challenge to us individually in our own lives and a challenge to us as a church when we go fishing, when we do things. Are we doing things in our own strength? Or are we listening to God to guide us and direct us? The disciples like us were called to be fishers of people, to bring people into the kingdom of God. We're thinking about this as we enter into the Thy Kingdom Come season, praying for friends and colleagues, to find God for themselves. But first, we need to be praying about who to pray for. We need God's guidance of where to put this net. As a church, we need to be praying about where to fish, where to be, we need need to be guided by God about where to throw our net. A challenge for us individually as a church, something to pray and to think about it. To use another fish, I challenge you to mull it over. So, without Jesus, we will flounder. Recognizing Jesus, it's the start of net gains. And lastly then, accepting the invitation is brill. Accepting the invitation is brill. At the end of the story, Jesus and the fishing disciples, here's Jesus making breakfast for everyone. And he gives an invitation. Come and have breakfast. Come And eat with me. What an invitation. eh? It's nice when you have an invitation out for a meal, but it's no good just accepting an invitation. You have to turn up as well. Today, God gives us an invitation. Listen to this from the book of Isaiah, which, of course, I'm tempted to say is one of the the whitings of the Old Testament. Isaiah 55 Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. There's an invitation. Thirsty, come to the waters. No money, doesn't matter. Come and buy anyway. An invitation to everyone. Come, all who are thirsty. This is an invitation for everyone. No buts, nor even halibuts. All are invited. This Easter season, we're reminded of Jesus' invitation to join him. Not just for breakfast, but for life. Life in all its fullness. Life in its resurrection joy. What a message this is. This is good news for our soul. Somebody's awake down here. Well done. So... How about the fishing? Are we seeing a bountiful harvest? Or do we need a God-inspired tweak? Just a little bit of direction. Because what I noted as I read through this, if you read it, the disciples actually did most of the work. If you look, it was their idea in the first place to go fishing. They're the ones that got the boats ready. They're the ones that would have prepared the nets and mended the nets, and they were pretty close to success. As close as one side of the boat was to the other. See, Jesus didn't send them down the other end of the lake again. Oh, fish down this end? No, wrong end. You're going to go all the way down there. You've got to start again right from that end of the lake. No, it wasn't like that, wasn't it? He didn't say, wrong time. Fishing now? Come back tomorrow night. You'll get some tomorrow night. No. They were close. They were close, but just needed that little bit. Not there, says Jesus. That side of the boat. You want fish? You've done all the right things. You've got the boat, you've got the net, you're at the right time. We're almost there. Just that little tweak. It's this side of the boat. That's where the fish are. Try it now, and you'll see. As a church, it's our mission here. We're called to fish, to grow God's kingdom here. We've got to do a lot of the work, the preparation. We use our knowledge, our common sense. We know from the Bible the sort of things we should be doing as a church, but we also need to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to know exactly what to do, to fine-tune what we're doing, to know which side of the boat we should be casting our nets. So lots of challenging things here from this passage, specifically that importance of listening to Jesus, because he really does know where the fish are, and where the harvest is. So let's do that. Let's just pray now as we finish. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story of Jesus and the disciples. And thank you that you are the God who provides. You are the God that gives that bumper harvest. Thank you for the way that you provide for us. We just pray that you will lead us, guide us individually in our lives. And as a church community, that we may go fishing for you, where we'll get the biggest catch. And we'll be the most effective people we can be for you. So in this next week, Lord, we pray, may we hear your voice and be obedient to what it is you're calling us to do. In the name of Jesus, our resurrected Saviour. Amen.